Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. to the Security Token Show. I'm your host, Herbert Coynes. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Sollin. We're here in sunny Miami, Florida, and we've got episode 144 lined up for you today. We're going to be breaking down our main topics. Some crazy crypto regulations have been put forth. Definitely some very interesting stuff. Stick around for that. And of course, our usual routine of the top five things you need to know happening right now, the latest security token news in the space, the newest security token offerings, the latest updates in the secondary market, and a look inside the metaverse. But of course, Kyle, we can't make this show possible without our sponsor. And that sponsor this week is, in fact, our parent company, the studio behind the Security Token Show. That's Security Token Market, stm.co. You can get all the latest trading information there, all the latest security token news. It's a one-stop shop. And Kyle and I, we have decided that we are going to eat our own dog food, drink our own champagne. We are going to tokenize uh, our own company so that you have a chance to invest in it. We're going to be doing a live crowdfund. You can check out more on STM right here. We're a security token market, and we're creating the Wall Street without walls. Where anyone, anywhere can invest digitally into real estate, stocks, art, and more. All thanks to the power of security tokens. You see, it's a blockchain technology that is changing finance as we know it. It allows anyone to invest digitally, allowing companies to go public sooner, and anyone around the world to invest via the web. It's not crypto, it's Wall Street without walls. There are already hundreds of trading tokens worth over a billion dollars and thousands more on the way. This is happening now and there's no telling how far we can go. At Security Token Market, we take great pride in the highest level of integrity of our financial data. As a leading data provider of the security token industry, we provide unique insights on market trends, new developments, and in-depth research just for you. Security Token Market is the trusted source for data and news for this new world of digital investing. We track hundreds of tokens trading worldwide, creating a platform where anyone can learn about these new investment opportunities. We are your one-stop shop for all things security tokens. In fact, our media arm has this industry covered from end to end. We have a security token show and a newsletter, which drops every single Monday. We also publish weekly columns and educational content across every platform. And that's just for now. The power has changed from the few to the many. That's why we're building the cultural epicenter of security tokens, where you can start investing today. That's why we have a community-first approach, so you can find us on Discord, LinkedIn, Twitter, and you can also find me in the metaverse. Together, we are breaking down the walls of Wall Street. Join the token revolution and learn more about our public offering live on Securitize. We are Security Token Market. Well, that video gets me fired up every time I see it. And certainly we know that everyone that has pledged over a thousand people have five times oversubscribed our initial goal. And we cannot wait to get this process moving and kick this crowdfund off. 
But with that, I think it's time to move into the show and kick it off with our top five. And kicking off our top five, we have headline number one. This is Binance being investigated by the yeah. U.S. government, including the SEC, for potentially doing an illegal unregistered securities offering with their BNB token. Now, we've done a main topic on something like this before, which I think we actually used Binance as the example of a company that may have done something like this. And now Bloomberg is reporting from a confidential source that the SEC is looking into it. We know that the SEC increased their manpower with regards to coming at these companies, and now they're moving in on Binance. That is headline number one. No one is safe. Number two, a little bit more positive for the cryptocurrency community, Citadel, along with Virtue Technology, they have announced a cryptocurrency marketplace soon to be launched. In fact, they're partnering up with some heavyweights, Fidelity and Charles Schwab, two massive firms on Wall Street, not to mention Sequoia Capital and Paradigm also are participants. They are going to be launching a brand new crypto marketplace, state-of-the-art for the industry. Again, massive Wall Street heavyweights, not just some crypto startup planning to launch late 22, that's number two. Number three, we have a new security token offering trying to conquer the whole grain and agriculture industry, which they call the cereal industry, and that is Pitale, who is in partnership with Turbo Cereal. And they're looking to raise tens of millions of dollars via a fund in order to deploy that into farmers across Europe to inspire more grain production. So it's a fascinating use case for a security token, number three. Mm, brings me back to my child. Now, number four, Relio. Now, I'm sure you've all heard of the RST token, but there's some big news announced. It is coming to T0, folks. Yet another asset to be listed. Uh, and RST, of course, gets you exposure to Relio's actual individual firm, not just an individual project. So this is very, very big news that we have more assets getting listed, regardless of what's happening, both in the crypto markets and in Wall Street. Really already announced that they were listing a fund that they tokenized onto T0. Now they're going to be listing equity. Hopefully this is additional momentum to make that happen. Number five, we have the main topic of our episode, but we had to include it in the top five news this week. And that is that U.S. regulators, Loomis, as well as Gillibrand came out and their senators, and they came out with a bill proposing a ton of changes to U.S. crypto Huge. regulation, adding definitions, adding self-regulatory bodies, and a whole lot of stuff that we're going to be covering in the main topic just a little bit later in the episode. But shout out to U.S. regulators for adding more innovative legislation towards the digital As asset the industry. title suggests, Cal, crypto regulation is coming. In fact, a big update on the Colorado State Bill that we talked about a little while ago. More on that with John Pittman. John Pittman, the token advisor, here with the industry news. Let's get to it. So earlier this month, the European Parliament finalized the legislation for the EU's pilot regime for tokenized Securities. These are defined as crypto assets that qualify as financial instruments such as stocks, bonds, money market securities, and funds. The new law comes into force March 23rd of 2023 for a period of three years and a possibility of another three-year extension. The European Securities and Markets Authority has the bulk of the operational responsibilities, including authorizing DLT exchanges and settlement systems or platforms that perform both of these tasks. Both new players and incumbents are expected to participate, although any new player will have to be an authorized investment firm at the very minimum. 
Over in the States, you have Colorado pushing forward with their exploration of the use of security token offerings. Callan Herwig actually touched on this a couple weeks ago when Colorado was just in the discovery phase. Now, this exploration phase of STOs for financial capital projects is possible under a new bill signed into law by Governor Jared Polis. Hey, if Colorado is ready to learn, then maybe we should contact them from Security Token Advisors and ask them if they're ready for our financial engineering education service package. Across the globe in Singapore, ADDX is said to be the first financial institution to allow investors to gain accredited status by way of crypto. In a statement, ADDX said it will begin recognizing Bitcoin, Ether, and USDC for individuals as part of the City Island State's accredited investor status. Under Singapore law, investors seeking accreditation are required to meet a certain threshold to be granted access to particularly financial products. The governmentally regulated ADDX also said it will only recognize cryptos with a higher market capitalization and will apply a discount rate when valuing the assets to offset any potential risk. ADDX's CEO said in a statement that with a large minority of investors owning crypto, it is reasonable for these digital assets to be recognized as a part of one's portfolio. Recognizing crypto holdings helps us to serve a much wider segment of investors. Also on that side of the planet, we have Hong Kong Securities and Futures Commission, or SFC, who issued a statement drawing attention to the risk associated with investing in non-fungible tokens, otherwise known as NFTs. And they summarized the legal and regulatory requirements applicable to NFTs. This follows up on some recent guidance from Hong Kong's banking securities and insurance regulators to financial institutions looking to undertake virtual asset activities. However, the FSC does recognize that the majority of NFTs appear to be genuine digital representations of collectibles, which they agree is appropriate. But the FSC does note that some NFTs cross the boundary between a digital collectible and a financial asset. If NFTs are structured with features similar to regulated financial products like securities or interest in collective investment schemes, then such NFTs may fall within regulatory reach of the Hong Kong Securities and Futures Ordinance, or the SFO, as well as the FSC's regulatory purview. Well, that's it for me. Here's Megan with the STO updates, and I will catch you guys next week on the other side of the blockchain. Good morning. How have you all been? Hopefully hanging in there through these unpredictable markets. But among all of this craziness, the security token updates have not stopped. So let's get into it. First up, Realty, a company offering fully compliant fractional tokenized ownership of real estate, had their first offering in which both U.S. accredited investors, Reg D, and international accredited investors, Reg S, can participate. 52% of the property was offered to U.S. accredited investors and 48 to international investors. The offering was structured as follows. 1,092 real tokens were made available to accredited U.S. investors with a 90-day lockup before the opportunity to resell to Realty. There were 1,008 real tokens offered to international investors. The property was actually ideal. This Realty property had an excellent purchase price, few renovations, good tenants, and an attractive expected income structured to offer stable rental income month after month. To learn more about Realty and their tokenized real estate, head over to realty.co. Next up, Vested Finance announced they will offer crypto exposure to Indian investors through crypto-backed securities. Grayscale Investments will offer these cryptocurrency-backed securities via premium offerings on their platform, allowing Indian investors to indirectly invest in crypto. Vested Finance is an investment platform that enables Indian investors to invest in the U.S. stock market. Grayscale is notable for being the digital currency asset manager with the largest assets under management of $40 billion as of April 2022. Grayscale securities are traded in over-the-counter markets through Vested Finance, Indian investors can invest in Grayscale Securities. 
Grayscale Digital Large Cap Fund also provides access to other digital assets through a single fund with exposure to Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Solana, Cardano, Avalanche, and other coins. It's been stated that investments in these will have the same tax treatment as investments in the U.S. market, such as short-term cap gains if the investment is held for less than 36 months and long-term cap gains if the investment is held for over 36 months. For the full update, head over to outlookindia.com. That is all for me today. I hope to see you right back here next week, tokenizers. In the meantime, check out Spilling the NFT on YouTube. We have launched our very own channel and we have season two on the way. The trailer is now posted. Let's send it over to Jason for some market updates. Hello and happy Monday. The security token market cap has yet to find a bottom as the sell-off has continued. It is sitting at just above $13.6 billion. INX Limited's market cap is guilty of an even broader sell-off as it's trading down to just 61 cents. It is now down over 80% from its highs of the trailing 12-month period. A name that has surprised most in the industry is the Millennium Sapphire token. The Millennium Sapphire is a 12.3 kilogram natural sapphire that was carved as a tribute to the creative genius of humanity. Valued at $150 million, it is amongst the most valuable and renowned gemstones and works of art in the world. The MS token represents both fractionalized ownership in the Millennium Sapphire and future pro rata share in the potential profits driven by its NFTs. Since trading commenced, the token has steadily risen in profit, currently exceeding $86 million. Now, almost daily, new STOs are hitting the market. Some gemstones, some companies, and various NFT projects are finding ways to utilize the power of security tokens to enable users to take part in their projects. Now, security token market is continually adding to its database, and it is clear that the future is bright. Overcoming short-term instability leads to long-term stability. Now, for those of you that are Spanish-speaking and have seen our show, Crypto Con Leche, well, I'm happy to announce we are transitioning over to our new channel. Find us through the Security Token Market YouTube channel on the, under the Channels tab, and you're going to subscribe right then and there. That's all for now, but have a fantastic rest of your week. Wakey, wakey. Welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Kong. Do you like whiskey? Well, get ready for some meta whiskey, because a Kentucky-based craft distillery called Angel's Envy is opening up a virtual distillery inside the Central Land, where you can attend and get a unique NFT wearables, make fake signature cocktails, and even buy a kit to recreate it, and it will be delivered to your home. They even have a side event where you can plant trees on the outside of the premises to help raise awareness for the white oak trees which make whiskey in their Toast to Trees program. Next, we have Neil Stevenson, who is the godfather of the metaverse and the first to use the term 30 years ago, launching a metaverse blockchain. The hope is to get creators paid properly for their work, helping the environment and seeing a real free and open metaverse built. And moving forward, MasterCard joins the Global Pride Month celebration with virtual events inside the Central Land, with big name artists joining in. The MasterCard Pride Plaza will allow people to listen to panel discussions, but also it will allow people to connect from all around the world in a safe space. Take selfies on unique parade floats and shoot their avatar from Flight Cannon. And to finish up, we have Unity teaming up with Gala Games to help build the Voxverse Metaverse. These are two big names in the Metaverse world, and I'm excited to see how they onboard new users. 
However, when it comes to design, it looks like they won't be lacking because they have partnered up with The Sims game designer, Will Wright, and his team at Gallium Studios to create these new interesting metal worlds. So it looks like they're starting off on the right foot. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Cole. Thank you as always to the entire Security Token News team for putting together that amazing material. And now, Kyle and I, we get to choose our companies of the week. That's where we each select one company that we thought was making the biggest moves in the space last week. And this week, Kyle, I am dying to know episode 144, a chance to be nominated company of the year who you mm. give it to. Yeah, company of the year is an important award. We give that at the end of the year, and somebody wins it from one of our 52 weeks of winners. And my winner for this week, episode 144, is Relio. Relio, I've actually worked closely with their team. Derek and, and his team have done some amazing things with the company. They do decentralized, fun products where they invest into companies, as well as having security tokens backing mining operations they've put together. They build all kinds of blockchain infrastructure, and they have been very active in the industry and have done everything to their best efforts to be as compliant as possible. I award anyone that's been working in the security token company for so long a major award. But this week, on top of everything that they do with the company, they have announced that they are listing their company's equity onto T0 as a security token. So they already have a tokenized fund that is working to get listed onto T0. And now they're bringing their equity there as well with the CEO of T0, David Goon, making an announcement that they're going to be listing and they're excited to bring new assets to the platform. So for that, Relio, you win my company of the week. That's a great choice, Kyle. We always love to see it when companies eat their own dog food, especially when they are in the space itself. You got to lead by example, folks. Relio leading the way. In fact, I think, am I wrong? They're even launching a metaverse. They're doing they it all, folks. Now, my company of the week isn't exactly a company. It's actually a government. I've done this in the past a couple of times. I love to applaud anyone that's making big waves, things that are actually going to move this space forward. And in this case, Jamaica wins my award because they have launched the Jamaican CBDC. I'm sure you caught up with that with John. That's a big deal, folks, to get the digital rails authorized by the government. One of the first countries in the world, alongside China and a few others, to recognize their very own central bank digital currency as legal tender, equivalent to be used within the economy. We've seen something like that in the Bahamas. We've seen a lot of trial runs, but Jamaica is now spearheading this. And for that, they are going to prep themselves for an entire Web3 future, including tokenized capital markets. So for all those reasons, Jamaica and their CBDC program is my company. Jamaica has been a leader in the stock market with their market outperforming many of the world's markets over the last period of time. It's been a hotbed for innovation in the area, as this is just another way that they're continuing to pioneer. I think this is a great choice as well. I think so too, Kyle. And now, I don't know about you, but I am dying to dig into this bill, the Financial Innovation Act. So let's do it. The biggest change to regulation for crypto, security tokens, blockchain, digital assets anywhere around the world is happening here in the United States, coming from Senator Cynthia Loomis, as well as Kristen Gillibrand. And they came together, both one from the Republican, one from the Democratic parties here in the U.S. Senate, to come together to launch one of the most comprehensive 
plans for regulating and defining digital assets that I've seen proposed, and it is making serious headwaves. We are here for the main topic of Security Token Show, episode 144, to break it all down. We have our list of some of the highlights, and Herwig, I'm just blown away that we've actually gotten this far, coming from where we started just a couple of years ago with this show. Now we're here. Senators are putting bills forth that are defining and providing so much clarity. It's exciting to see the the advancements happening. Yeah, we've been at this for almost coming up on our three-year anniversary mark for the Security Token Show, and there have been a lot of bills put forth, some regulatory changes. We've been proud to even make an impact on, but none of them really ever carry any weight. That's why we've seen such regulatory ambiguity here in the United States. But the reason we want to break this one down is because I think Kyle and I wholeheartedly agree that this is one of the best fourth bills that we have seen when it comes to targeting regulation. So obviously, this is a little bit of opinion out here, but we're going to try to just break down the facts and what the implications could be if, in fact, this does have headway. And spoiler alert, if there's anything that's going to happen, it won't happen until next year. So let's just break it all down for now. But if you haven't heard of this, sit tight because you really need to digest this. Hopefully, you agree that the Responsible Financial Innovation Act could be the future of crypto in the U.S., which probably means the world. And so I think that the most important thing here that they knock off as number one, this is they actually posted many different ways of consuming this content. You can read the whole bill, but I think that senators did a tremendous job here of actually making a medium post with which they broke down a lot of their individual plans. It helps everyone understand what they're trying to do and iterate this very clearly. One of the biggest problems with the digital assets that they're calling it industry or crypto or blockchain is that there's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of buzzwords and sometimes it's really hard to make sure we're all on the same page. And so they note as number one that they are going to be defining digital assets and they can both be securities and commodities based off of the purpose of the issuance as well as the rights to the shareholders, which we've been saying for such a long time. So they are going to be defining these assets and they are defaulting them as commodities in this proposal as opposed to defaulting as securities like Gary Gensler and the SEC might suggest but they do note specifically that if it's debt, if it's equity, if it represents something like dividends, profits, or revenue sharing, that those things are classified as securities and should be treated as such. So the number one priority of this bill, just getting right into it, is that they want to define these assets in a literal way so that we can all be on the same page about what we're dealing with. That's right. Commodities or securities, break it down in some pretty easy buckets. Now, there is some room and language in there to endorse digital asset definitions. Specifically, there's Certainly a lot more to it than just what are the tokens, whether they're commodities or securities, uh, but it's a huge deal. We have talked about so much in the past how important it is for there to be a legal definition of digital assets and securities. We've seen in the past, whether it be defining the entire crypto stack or even just defining security tokens as securities, this is an important step. Switzerland, Germany, Singapore, and dozens of other countries have already made this step for years now to help foster these innovations. But of course, America has been too slow to create that kind of clarity. And now, hopefully, this bill would force that to come about. So that was the main focus. They actually spent multiple different sections of the initial part of the document, specifically harping on the importance of clear definitions for digital assets. And I think that, as you mentioned, this is the most important part, because if we all at least can define what we're dealing with, we are all going to work with those things, hopefully the same way, as opposed to right now, where there's still a lot of interpretation around what assets are what. It's a lot of reactive, not a lot of whole proactive. And that's what this, I think, segues into the 
the next part of the bill, which is being proactive about assigning authority, regulatory uh, authority to specific bodies, right? The CFTC, the SEC, so that they can properly enforce these digital assets without stepping on each other's toes, which we've already seen yes. happening today. Yes. Uh, so there's just a lot of importance that it's not just defining it, but now that it's defined, we can actually have proper enforcement and, and proper judicial system helping out with some of these very nuanced crypto issues. Yeah. And on that exact note, the number three point that they make in the bill, or at least in the, the document that they published on Medium, was that they wanted to assign spot market authority of digital assets to the CFTC. So this means a Bitcoin ETF, an Ethereum ETF, or potentially Change. other digital asset fund structures will be governed by the CFTC, the commissions part of our regulators, as opposed to the security side of our regulators, where the SEC has constantly been trying to say that they deserve ownership and authority over that domain. So this would really be a significant shift, not to mention the CFTC has already approved Bitcoin fund products for the futures contracts, which is what they currently have power over. Now this would allow them to do a spot ETF, which again, there's no signs that point to know that that wouldn't come out, provided that this gets passed. No, you would think that uh, this very much so, in fact, we've seen in the past the CFTC uh, kind of be more pro uh, certain products like this as opposed to the SEC. And now point number four, which is along those same lines, creating stable coin requirements. And if you haven't heard of the Terra stable coin meltdown that's happened and caused over $60 billion in losses in the crypto market, well, then first of all, you need to go check out our previous episode, Breaking All yes. of That Down. But it explains exactly why there is a need for stable coin requirements. There's a security concern, how they're backed. And when they get too big, they can actually lead to colossal problems just beyond not even just their own sort of insular, you know, stable coin usage. So as more and more stable coins get put into the market, I think it is actually rather important that we have requirements, certain security so that if I'm going to use a stable coin and I trust that it's being issued here in the United States, I want to be I want to be sure that it's backed and that it's not going to fall apart on me like the the Terra situation. And what I liked about their plan was that they actually really only proposed a few things that really just made sense. One of which being no fractional reserve. So if you are issuing a stablecoin, you need to have 100% of the cash in an account so that if anybody wants to redeem, you need to guarantee redemption. And that was the main focus for them was the fractional reserve piece of how risky or is the portfolio that you're taking on that's supposed to represent a dollar. What happens if it collapses? Well, if you have 100% of it in actual dollars, it's never going to collapse, certainly at least relative to the one to one dollar ratio that you've put up. So I felt like that made a lot of sense. And the reserve ratios are something that get played with quite a bit. You know, the whole point of it being stable is that it is, in fact, stable. The moment there is fractional reserve, you would imagine that it is no longer 100% stable by right. definition. Moving into the next point, I'm actually going to take a couple of these, Kyle, that they brought together, yeah. which I will bundle in as the advisory pact of it, right? The idea that there actually is one going to be an official advisory committee formed around digital assets dedicated by the white, by the, by the US government so that it has its own authority, its own independence, and can advise all of the different agencies and government bodies on all things related to Web3. And with that, there's some examples, for example, like directing the government accountability office to research retirement savings and how that could be affected by crypto. We know that Fidelity and others are starting to enable this. And so, of course, that potentially has systematic 
concerns if crypto becomes a part of that, which along those same lines the Department of Defense, Cybersecurity, Office of Management and Budget, and a few others are going to be coming together to research security concerns around, again, systematic risks by using cryptocurrency and blockchain technology within the government. There's also one other piece I'm going to throw in there that they had the hope that in the future they would actually build a self-regulating organization just like FINRA is for broker-dealers, potentially building a self-regulating organization for digital assets where you'd have a lot of the digital asset leaders actually being the ones coming together to help guide other future licenses and best practices for the industry. I think that would be super, super fascinating And I think on that note, the way that they've kind of been breaking everything down into kind of a commodities bucket, CFTC, and kind of a securities bucket, the SEC, they noted that that SRO is task forced by the SEC and the CFTC in tandem to work together on building SRL, which is actually not you know a little bit more interesting and peculiar than you might think in terms of them actually working together to help create a body that will support a third-party sort of asset, right. you know, digital assets across multiple agencies. It certainly seems unprecedented in terms of the, at least the attempts of collaboration, which is what's needed in order to, to make a fluid regulation. And I know I think we can top off with just a couple of more interesting ones. Fire I don't know about you. I, I got fire. one that's very interesting here that I thought, you know, an energy consumption research. So this is a study for that. The idea that this bill is truly encompassing all things blockchain and crypto seems to hit the nail on the mark because, of course, energy consumption has been a huge concern Mm -hmm. regarding cryptocurrencies. There's environmental concerns. We've seen recently where where Texas uh, mining operations for cryptocurrencies actually had to shut down so that they could you know, divert power to actual people who need electricity at the moment. So I think an energy consumption survey was an interesting angle that, indeed, if this bill were to pass... That is the expectation that we'll get a thorough analysis of what the impact is of mining. Yeah, that's fascinating. I think another one that I loved to see was the uh, ability to build a regulatory sandbox to allow innovation to foster. We've seen how this has been so successful in Singapore. The Monetary Authority of Singapore has a sandbox that allows exchanges to actually build their broker inside of a compliant regulatory environment and explore this over a period of a year to two years, which then at that point, they were given the license to be able to operate as market operators in that jurisdiction. I think the U.S. having something like this makes total sense. And we've seen some of the struggles between companies in the crypto space trying to figure out how to best comply with regulators. And regulators, I think, in some ways, struggling to communicate their goals and wishes to back to those communities properly. Building a sandbox of, of you know cooperative innovation, I think, makes the most sense in driving innovation without hurting anything else. I mean, everybody refers to crypto as the wild west. Sandbox enables that new environment that will allow innovators and entrepreneurs to be able to do what they want to do, but have the proper regulatory oversight in place so that potentially no consumers or outside participants can get hurt. And as you said, it's been super successful in countries around the world. I would argue that Singapore one of the hottest and most successful regions for security tokens. Their sandbox has authorized the most MAS operator licenses for the security token stack, if you will, between brokers and marketplaces and such. So I think that's a huge, huge point. The only one that I think worth ending on here, Kyle, is uh, a little bit more for the crypto industry. Anyone who is a service provider, they're going to have to start enabling new disclosure requirements, mm. rights, risks. Uh, everything else related to uh, the source code and changes to the product itself 
These need to be properly disclosed if you are providing any kind of digital assets and services. Seems fair, again, because we are dealing with a new technology where these things matter. There are chances where you can get hacked easier and where security flaws are being targeted more dramatically than other you know, uh, type of solutions. So right. the whole thing, Kyle, what do you think? It's fascinating. I love what they're trying to do here. Certainly we'll see how this bill evolves over time. If there's anything that we know about politics is that things tend to get pushed and pulled and, strike, and strike, struck strike. out but um, and tacked on or whatever. But I love the fact that I really didn't read a whole lot in their entire proposal that I disagreed with. And I'm very bullish on this technology and, and also bullish on accountability. I think that they found a good line of building sustainable infrastructure that doesn't put people at risk, but also really enhances and enables innovation across the board. So major applause from my end to both of these senators and to everyone who worked on this bill. It's an amazing piece of work. Sounds like you give it the Kyle stamp of approval. Well, Kyle, so do I. These lady senators, they killed it. I'm huge supporters of them and everyone who supported this bill. I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on this. I give it our stamp of approval. So with that, Kyle, I think we can end the show. Of course, your thoughts, feedback, questions, we want to hear them. Leave a comment down below or reach out to us directly. Uh, where Kyle and I are both very active on Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere else. And of course, stm.co, you can check out all of the latest security token information, whether it's their prices, where you can buy them, what are they, how do you tokenize them, what's the latest happening in the space, more video content, we've got it all. Make sure you like, you comment, and you subscribe. If you didn't notice, all of our different shows are being spun out to their own channels. So if you like Spilling the NFT, if you like Crypto Con Leche, you like Open Tab with John Pittman or one of the other amazing shows that we are currently producing or will be launching in the future, make sure you subscribe to those channels as well to personalize your feed. And with that, we'll see you next Monday and happy tokenizing.